You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. I started a few weeks ago, I started a series about the church. Of course, our theme uh, for the year is from Matthew 16, 18, where Jesus said about himself, he said, upon this rock, I will build whose church? My church. It's his church. It belongs to him. And, and he said, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I thank the Lord for the church. I love the church and Jesus loved the church. And I want to do all I can uh, to be what Christ wants me to be for the church. The church is the bride and uh, we want to prepare the bride. Uh, for Jesus Christ, the bridegroom. And he's coming, by the way. Uh, could be today, and I hope we'll be ready. But we talked about a few weeks ago, we, we discussed the fact, number one, that the church is all about the master. And his name is Jesus. And we gave a whole lot of names for Jesus, and we tried to praise the name of Jesus. We even sang some songs. His name is wonderful, and I'm glad I know who Jesus is, and let's talk about Jesus. Uh, but don't ever forget, the church is all about Jesus. When you, start, when you start getting around to church and all they want to talk about is, is the people and the preacher and the staff and the deacons and the Sunday school and all these musicians and all these great people, I thank the Lord for great people. I think you are great people. I love you. I thank the Lord. I think our church, I think you are the best. And I don't, I'm not just saying that. I believe that. But at the end of the day, I realize that the church is not great because of the people. The church is great because of the one that we worship. And the church is all about Jesus. And we talked about that, number one, the master. Number two tonight, as we look at the book of Acts in verse number, uh, chapter one, verse number eight, I want you to notice the mission, the mission of the church. What is our purpose? What is our objective? Why are we here? What are we supposed to do? Acts one, verse number eight. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be, what's the next word? Witnesses unto me. Jesus said, hey, you're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And when you've got that power, you are now ready to be witnesses of me. You say, well, we're still waiting for the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, no, we're not. If you got saved, you've got the Holy Spirit living inside of you. So we're not waiting on the Holy Spirit now. We're waiting on us, waiting for us to get busy and, and to do what God's called us to do and to allow the Holy Spirit to fill us and to control us. The Holy Spirit's already ready. We're not waiting on the Holy Spirit anymore. We're waiting on God's people to get serious about the mission. Ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. That is our mission. Our mission is to reach this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ to be witnesses of what God has done in our lives, we're to go and tell others that what he did for us, aren't you glad he can do it for somebody else? I'm glad that God's not selective. I'm glad God's not looking for a certain nationality. God's not looking for a certain skin color. 
God's not looking for a certain IQ. God's not looking for a, a certain amount of money in the bank. God's not looking for a certain amount of experience. God is looking for anybody that's looking for him. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm glad it's a whosoever salvation. I'm glad I'm part of the whosoever. And I'm glad that God saved me. And I'm thankful that God will save anyone who will call upon him. So let's look at the mission. And uh, let's pray and we'll get into the message. Lord, we need you tonight as we need you every service. I pray that we would not miss what you have uh, in this passage of Scripture as we look at the book of Acts and look at a few other places. I pray that you would drive home in our hearts and minds the, the fact that we have a mission. And it's not just for the pastor. It's not just for the workers. It's not just for the teachers. It's a mission for every born-again child of God. And I pray that we would accomplish that mission. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Do you remember what was happening two years ago at this very time? Remember what was going on two years ago? We were hearing that everything was going to shut down for two weeks. Remember that? Two weeks to flatten the curve, right? Is that what it was? Did I mention that was two years ago? Two years ago, we were faced with something that we had not seen coming and nobody had. I had never heard of anything like this. You know, when you, when, for me, when I was in Bible college, there'd be pastors that would tell some crazy situations and say, you know, this happened and I never, I never learned about this in Bible college. I never learned about this in my training, but here's what we did. And I'm thinking, I never even thought of this. I never thought it was possible. And can I tell you, two years ago, this whole world turned upside down. Two years ago, things went crazy. But here's where I'm going with this. And by the way, you say, well, pastor, why do you always talk about that? Anytime I talk about COVID, I try to, I try to always come around and say, you know, it's amazing. God got us through. God was faithful. God did the impossible. God did the miraculous. And here we are two years later. And I want to say to God be the glory, great things he hath done. God has been so good to us. And so when we talk about those things, I want to follow up and say, hey, we're not talking about how bad COVID is. We're talking about how great God is. We're talking about how amazing our God is. But two years ago, things changed. But you know what did not change? Our mission. That's why, and I'm sure at the time, I'm sure there were people that thought we were crazy. Do you remember when we got the write-up in the newspaper front page? Because some individual was driving by. He was driving by and he saw a parking lot full of cars. And he called in to report and say, those, those crazy Baptists over there, they're having church and we're not supposed to be, you know, assembling in groups of more than 10 or whatever it was at the time. Uh, not knowing that we were sitting in our cars with the windows rolled up, and I'm standing up there on this, this uh, it, was, it was supposed to be a deer stand. Um, Brother Charles Bryant had it, and he said, I was going to use it for a deer stand, but I think it'd make a good preaching stand. And so I'm up there on this stand just praying I don't fall over and break my neck and all that. And we're, up, we're out there preaching, and the world thought you're crazy. But we didn't think we were crazy. 
Well, at least I hope you did. And I, I didn't think I was crazy. Not for that reason anyway. You know why? Because that's our mission. Our mission is to preach the gospel. And although there was a pandemic and although there were shutdowns and though there were mandates and although there were lockdowns, it didn't change the fact that people still needed to hear about Jesus. It didn't change the fact that hell was still real. Satan didn't, didn't do a timeout and say, okay, well, I'm not going to have anybody come into hell these next two years because of the pandemic. We're going to give everybody a free pass. Oh, no. Our mission stayed the same. And by the way, our mission's going to continue to stay the same, whether it's COVID or whether it's uh, uh, you know, inflation or whether it's world wars or whatever it is. Our mission does not change. God has called us to get the gospel to every creature. That's why we didn't drop any missionaries. That's why we didn't call the missionaries and say, sorry, we're not sure if we're going to be able to pay you. You know what we did? By faith, we said, we're going to keep sending the money. We're going to keep getting the gospel out. We're going to keep preaching. We're, we, we couldn't pick up kids on the bus. So you know what our bus workers did every week? They went to every home. They did drop-offs. They did goodie bags. They got on the phone. They got on the text message. They did everything they could to keep up with those boys and girls and teenagers because people still needed to get saved even when there was a worldwide pandemic. Our mission did not change. You see, Acts 1.8 says that ye shall be witnesses unto me. That's true whether you're in North Carolina, whether you're in Africa, whether you're in Russia, whether you're in the Ukraine, that does not change for the child of God. The mission is the same, to be witnesses unto Jesus Christ and the saving knowledge of Christ. You see, our purpose does not change. 100 years from now, think about that. 100 years from now, every one of us will either be in heaven or will be in hell. Doesn't matter what kind of car you drive. It's not going to matter what kind of clothes you wear. It's not going to matter how big your house is. It's not going to matter uh, how, how good the food was that you were eating. It's not going to matter uh, your title. It's not going to matter your accomplishments down here. The only thing in 100 years that's going to matter is whether or not we were faithful to the mission to see people come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. We must keep the mission before us. We must not get distracted. Would you notice with me in Acts chapter 2? You're in Acts 1. Look at Acts 2, verse number 47. The Bible says that the disciples, they were praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Can I tell you, our mission is to win souls. Our mission is to glorify the Lord. You say, well, which one is it? It's both. And when we win souls, we glorify the Lord. And when we glorify the Lord, souls are going to come to Christ. And that is the reason that God has left us here. Our mission is not sports. And I thank the Lord for sports. Our mission is not activities. I thank the Lord for activities. Our mission is not politics. Our mission is not to feed the hungry, though I'm all for feeding the hungry. And I'm all for Christians being involved in politics and making a difference in politics. But that's not the mission. The mission is warning people of hell. The mission is pointing people to Jesus Christ. The mission is training workers that can go out into the harvest fields and reach souls for Jesus Christ. The mission is leading our children to Christ. The mission is teaching our children to love and serve God. 
That's why we have soul winning around here. That's why we have a bus ministry. That's why we have missions. That's why we have a radio ministry. That's why we have a Christian school. That's why we have nurseries and choir and adult classes. And that's why we have uh, uh, gospel tracts and Facebook. And that's why we have uh, uh, the internet. And that's why we have the radio and all those things is to point people to Christ. Our mission is all about preparing people for eternity. You know, it's easy sometimes to lose our focus, is it not? Sometimes we focus on the, the most foolish things. Uh, I'll use this example because this, this uh, carpet uh, has not changed colors uh, since I've been here, since this building was built. It's a beautiful carpet. But you know, it'd be a sad day if the church members started fighting over the color of the carpet. It'd be a sad day if uh, the only thing that really mattered to the church was, ah, we don't like that carpet. We want red. No, we want blue. No, we want red. No, we want blue. You know what I'd, you know what I'd want to say to all of us? In a hundred years, color of the carpet's not going to matter. But I tell you what will matter. The people that we don't reach because we're too busy fighting over the color of the carpet. Can I tell you, the mission must remain the focus. It must remain the objective. And don't get sidetracked. Don't lose your compassion. Uh, don't lose your burden for souls. Don't lose your desire to, to tell people the good news of the gospel. And by the way, for, for your Sunday school class, in your junior church, uh, in your neighborhood, what about your next door neighbor? You say, well, I've witnessed to my neighbors. Well, good. But what, if, what, what about when somebody new moves in? What about your coworkers? You say, well, I've witnessed to most of them. Well, good. Well, what about the one that you haven't witnessed to yet? Would you pray that God would give you the opportunity? You may be the only witness. You may be the only one. You say, I don't know what to say. Well, if you don't know what to say, we've got a great tool for you. In these back uh, hallways, there's a, a track rack on the back table in the, hall, the hallway down here on this table. We've got flyers. We've got uh, uh, tracks that share the plan of salvation. You say, I, I can't talk to people. Well, you don't even have to talk to people. You could start by just giving them the gospel. Can I tell you, I, I've, I've talked to people that got saved just because somebody gave them a gospel track. I've known people that came to Christ just because somebody couldn't open their mouth, but they could at least share the gospel on a piece of paper. Can I tell you, don't forget the mission. I read a story this week, and this is not a, this is not a knock on a particular kind of church. It could easily have been said about a Baptist church. But I read a story this week about a church in Atlanta. A preacher was in Atlanta, and it was not Brother Arthur, and I wasn't, he wasn't telling me about this, although he's in Atlanta. But a preacher was in Atlanta and he was looking through the yellow pages for a church. And he found, under the churches, he found a church and it was listed as the Church of God Grill. He thought it was a misprint. He thought maybe somehow it was a typo in the yellow pages. So he picked up the phone. He said, I'm going to call this church. I'm going to find out what's going on. And he said, sure enough, he said, they answered. And by the way, this could be Baptist. I've been to some Baptist churches where there wasn't a whole lot of uh, mission going on. There wasn't a whole lot of outreach going on. But the person on the other end picked up the phone, happy as can be, and said, hey, thanks for calling. This is the Church of God Grill. He said, what are you talking about? Is this really a grill? And the man on the other end of the line said, yeah, as a matter of fact, it is. He said, I know it sounds crazy. He said, we used to be a church. He said, we got to where we started selling chicken dinners. 
on Sundays and he said, and our chicken was so good and people loved our chicken so much that we started making money to be able to pay some of the bills. And he said, honestly, it got to the point where there was more business going on with the chicken than there was with the church. So we just called it the Church of God Grill. Now I want to tell you this, folks. Hang on. A lot of churches, they haven't put grill at the end of their name. They might as well. A lot of churches could just put club at the end of the name. A lot of churches could just put fun center or activity center at the end of their name because they've gotten away from the mission. And the mission of the church is that we go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's the mission. Don't lose your mission. Don't lose your focus. I'm talking about your mission as a Christian, but maybe tonight, maybe you just need to be reminded don't lose your focus as a husband. Don't lose your focus as a wife. Don't lose your focus as a father or mother or a, a grandparent. Don't lose your focus for what God has called you to be. It's so easy. It's so easy to get upset. It's so easy to get mad. And the devil is the master of distraction. He loves to get you to take your eyes off what really matters and get your focus on something that does not matter at all. You, you've heard it before. It's, it's easy, especially some of you, you're, you're OCD. And there could be one thing out of place or there could be one thing and it's like you miss the whole service because you're just focused on this one thing. Can I tell you, that happens in life sometimes. Don't let life go by and you're focused on all the wrong things. Get your focus back on Christ and get your focus back on what God has called you to do as a husband, a wife, as a father, a mother, as a servant of God. Let's not lose focus on the mission. God's church is about the master, Jesus Christ. Number two, it's about the mission. Number three, I want you to notice that the church is about the message. Notice with me, if you would, in Acts chapter 5, turn over a couple pages there, if you would, Acts 5, and I, I love the book of Acts. It's such a reminder of the way things ought to be in the church. This is, this is the way God intended for it to be. Acts 5, 42, it says, And daily in the temple and in every house they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ, let's not get away from the message. The message is the Word of God. The message is the Bible. And God's way of delivering the message is God could have sent the angels. He could have sent the angels to deliver the message. But God has chosen to use you and me to deliver the message of the gospel. And He's chosen the method of preaching. Now stay with me. If you've been in this church for a long time, then you know that this church believes in Bible preaching. And it's not just because that's the only thing we know, it's because that's what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that preaching is God's method for delivering the message to this world. Now, we also know that the Bible says that 1 Corinthians chapter 1, that the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. You know why we have preaching? Because it's God's chosen method 
to deliver his message. It's because that's what God picked. Now, now preaching does not make sense. Some of you are like, yeah, I know I've heard some preaching that doesn't make sense. The idea of preaching doesn't make sense. Here's why. The word preach, it means to herald. It means to proclaim. Uh, like in Bible days, there would be a, a town crier. There'd be a town messenger that would stand in the center of town and would declare the message from the king. And that's how God has chosen to deliver the message. But here's what's happening in our society today. We've kind of taken a shift. First of all, we don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to step on anybody's toes. And sometimes when we preach, the Bible causes people to be uncomfortable, right? I hope it does. Because you know why? Because we're all sinners. And we need preaching and we need the word of God to show us some areas where things aren't right in our lives and, and, and it can be uncomfortable. And then this, people don't like. Don't yell at me. Don't shout at me. And so we've gone to teaching. And by the way, I'm all for teaching. We need teaching. But teaching does not replace preaching. Teaching is a tool in addition to the preaching that we use. We use it in our Sunday school classes. We use it in our Bible studies. If you listen to our radio broadcast, The Winning Side, it's, it's teaching. We're going through now a lot of the Psalms. We need teaching. But God has chosen preaching. It's the power of God to them that believe, to those who are saved. I had a man years ago, and, and I know what he was saying. I understand this. But he told me several years ago, he said, Pastor, he said, I'll tell you, he said, people just don't like old-fashioned preaching anymore. And I understand where he's coming from because a lot of churches have gotten away from preaching. A lot of churches have gone to dramas. A lot of churches have gone to teaching and let's have a little talk and let's have a little group session and what do you think this means and what do you think and what do you think? That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that we are to preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort. But can I tell you, the reason that most people don't like preaching, number one, is because they're not saved. Now stay with me. I'm, you say, well, are you saying I'm not saved? If I don't like? No, 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 no. I'm saying because number one, people are not saved, but then number two, it's because there are some things in our life that are not right. And I'll be honest with you, I don't like people telling me what to do. But if somebody will tell me the truth from this book right here, that's what I need. And that's what's going to help me. I don't like it when a doctor says, you can't do that. You can't eat that. You can't live that way. But you know what we need? We need somebody that'll tell us the truth. And the preaching of the word of God is the truth that we need. It is the message. Preaching is not always comfortable. Preaching is not popular. But preaching is necessary. In preaching, we don't take polls. Uh, we don't pass out surveys and say, what do you want to hear? And, and uh, by the way, I'm not against a teacher saying, hey, we're going to give you some different topics. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. But we don't say, uh, is it too hard? Uh, would you like it a little softer? Would you like the lights a little dimmer? 
Uh, would you like us to use a different version? Would you like us to stay away from some controversy? No, 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 no. We preach the Bible. So well, not everybody likes it. I never said everybody did like it. But I'm not trying to please everybody. I'm trying to please the Lord. And preaching is pleasing the Lord because that is God's chosen method to deliver his message. Many churches are removing the pulpits. Many churches have gotten away from preaching. Many people, they want the message to conform to the people. I remember the story, I, I forget which battle it was in. I forget which era it was in. But there was a story where the soldiers were going into battle and the, the, the flag bearer, the standard bearer, he got a little too far ahead and the soldiers fell back in battle. And they called out to the standard bearer and they called out and they said, hey, we need you to bring the standard back to the people. <laughs> that guy up here on the battlefield, the front lines, he hollered back. He said, why don't we bring the people up to the standard? And can I tell you, this right here is our standard. This is the truth. And we're not trying to make the message fit the people. We're trying to bring the people to the message of the truth of God's word. The Bible talks about some preachers. I think about a preacher by the name of Nathan. When David had sinned and David had committed adultery with Bathsheba, it was Nathan that went to King David and he said, David, you are the man. You are the one that has sinned. I think about Elijah. Elijah to Ahab. He said, hey, Ahab, I'm not the problem around here, buddy. You're the problem. You are the one that has troubled Israel. I don't think those guys were winning popularity contests to you. I don't think they were, I don't think they were getting the applause of men. I think people were saying, what did you just say? Are you sure you want to say that to the king? But these were men who were not afraid to speak the truth because they were the messenger from the king of kings delivering the message. John the Baptist to Herod. He said, Herod, it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife and it cost John the Baptist his head but I thank the Lord for some men who are willing to preach the truth regardless of the outcome. Turn with me, if you would, in closing. Let's look at 1 Corinthians. I quoted a few verses from here, but I want you to see it. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. The message is the Word of God, and we have the message that we need to preach and proclaim and to, uh, to cry aloud, the Bible says, and spare not and to show my people their transgressions. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17, Paul wrote, he said, Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Say, can you explain all that? And can you tell me exactly how God's going to... I can't explain all that, but I can explain this. 
If we will be obedient to what God has told us to do, I believe God's going to take care of it. And I think if we'll just keep preaching, I just believe God's going to keep blessing. I just believe people will be saved. I just believe people will get right with God. I believe people will determine to be faithful. You say, oh, because of the great preacher? Oh, no, 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 no. Because of the great message that we have, the message of the Word of God. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.